Hi, and welcome to the West Visalia Audio Podcast. Each message is designed to help you grow and inspire you to take action. Please take a moment to hit the subscribe button, and don't be shy to drop us a message if you have a question. Thanks for listening, and God bless. I like to ride motorcycles, dirt bikes, that kind of thing, and uh, I like to watch, you know, dirt bike racing either on TV, I like watching hill climbing, and there's a, a particular type of, of motorcycle riding that has always kind of intrigued me a little bit, and it's this one right there. Does anybody know what that type of motorcycle competition is called? Okay, crazy, yes. And he says trials. It's trials riding. And the point of trials riding is this. You're not riding on necessarily a track, and you're not trying to be the first person to the finish line or anything like that. What it is is you take the most complicated set of terrain that you can imagine. Sometimes it's natural. Sometimes it's man-made. They'll do it in arenas where they'll have like uh, a flipped over, rusted out car and a, and a big old cement pipe and a bunch of logs. And, and your job is to traverse all of those trials without having your feet touch the ground. And these guys are wizards on motorcycles. They will bounce on the back tire and hit the throttle just right and jump vertically 10 feet onto the next ledge and balance there and then come back down. It's pretty awesome, but it's called trials riding. See, most of the time, those of us that are normal people that aren't crazy, as Jerry said, when we're on a motorcycle, if there's a big rock in the middle of the trail, what do we do? We go around the obstacle. We go around the trial because we don't want to hit it because we don't want to get hurt, right? Rocks are scary and they're tougher than motorcycles usually. You know that kind of idea. But what if, like a trials rider, when an obstacle is in front of us, when a hardship is in front of us, when something challenging is in front of us, we embraced it instead of avoiding it. And it never dawned on me until recently that that's a really neat word that they use for this type of motorcycle riding. Trials riding. We spend so much of our life trying to avoid the trials. We try to avoid the hard times. We try to avoid the problems. We try to avoid anything that's challenging because we want the easy trail. But I tell you what, easy trails are boring, right? If we go out to the desert, the easy trails are dirt roads. They're not that exciting. We want some obstacles every once in a while. The obstacles make you a better rider. The obstacles make you stronger. And at the end of it, you're like, I accomplished something because I went over that obstacle. And you think about that outside of the motorcycle world, what if in every aspect of our life, instead of always trying to avoid the hard stuff, we said, bring it on. I'm going to embrace it. I'm not going to avoid it. I'm going to bring that challenge toward me and see what can I do to handle it. So this morning, I want to spend a little bit of time, you know, we finished up the book of Ruth two weeks ago. We're going to be embarking on our new study here soon, but I had a couple, you know, topical um, ideas that I wanted to deal with. This morning, I want to talk about trials and how we embrace them in our life. But as we set the stage for this, a few facts we need to get out there about trials in life. Number one, without a doubt, some trials are more difficult than others. I know it's easy for me to say, oh yeah, well there's a hardship in your life, just take it head on. Well, some hardships are more difficult than others, absolutely. You know, a, a impending death of a loved one versus, you know, um, you know, a problem at work might be a little bit on different levels there, right? We understand that. Some trials are more difficult than others. Also, we need to understand that no matter what, we can't prevent any and all trials from happening. There's always going to be hard times in life. There's nothing we can do to make life always go smooth. And I fool myself into thinking this. I think if I plan everything right, if everything goes smoothly, you know, then we're going to, everything's going to be okay. 
Um, Zine and I took a trip last week, and we, I love planning trips. I love planning the hotels, the routes, the cars, the transportation. That's my favorite part. I don't even like taking the trip. I just like planning everything ahead of time. I think that's the coolest part. I could plan everything perfectly, but I can't control whether or not an airplane is late. It drives me insane because I'm not the pilot, right? I can't decide that. If the crew doesn't show up, we had to get a COVID test to come back. I couldn't prevent whether or not necessarily I tested positive, right? I was waiting for that email to know if I could get back on a plane, you know? I can't control all that. We can't prevent all trials, but we can, and this is the big important point, we can control how we respond to them. You ever been in an airport when a flight's canceled? It's a good, you know, way of observing humanity on how people handle trials. You'll have some that go, well, let's go over here to Panda Express and kill some time. Others will make a phone call to make some other arrangements, and others choose to violently attack the, you know, the person at the counter for some reason. You know, that kind of thing. People get all upset, throw their arms in the air, cuss, and all sorts of things. We can only control how we respond to trials. I saw a headline this week. It was talking about um, that some pro-abortion groups are planning protests and to disrupt church services in order to promote their cause. Okay, obviously, we're, I'm not for a pro-abortion cause. I'm not for disrupting church services. But I was curious to see what the response of Christians would be to that type of trial. What if it happened? Okay, a bunch of pro-abortion protesters banging on the doors, disrupting our worship service. What would be the Christian response? I made the mistake of looking at what Christians responded to that. So I read comments on news stories about this from Christians. And sadly, a lot of Christians wouldn't respond well to that trial. First comment I saw was, well, if they're going to exercise their First Amendment right, I'm going to exercise my Second Amendment one. That's not godly. We don't shoot people just because they disrupt a church service. That's not a biblical response. Others said, well, if they come into our church, my husband's on the security team, and I know what he would do to them. They'd come out looking like Swiss cheese. I'm like, what? who are these Christians that respond like this, right? This isn't how we respond. Yes, that's a trial. It won't be good. It wouldn't be nice. We don't want that to happen. But violence isn't a Christian response to a trial. On the other hand, wisdom, endurance, patience, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, goodness, all those fruits of the Spirit, that is. And the book of James is about this idea, in fact. In James chapter 1, starting in verse 2, he's writing to people who are going through a whole bunch of trials. And you can turn to the book of James now, or you can turn there later, because we're going to be digging into it quite a bit. But in James chapter 1, in verse 2, it says, Consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, which sadly some of the brethren that I was reading about considered it joy to pull a gun on somebody, but consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance or endurance, depending on your translation. That means that when life is hard, when we face a trial, the testing of it isn't something to necessarily avoid, but to endure and embrace because it will make us stronger. Let's get some words from a strong guy. Arnold Schwarzenegger once said this, strength does not come from winning. Your struggles develop your strengths. When you go through hardships and decide not to surrender, that is strength, right? Just having an easy life, always winning, doesn't make you stronger. I have some kids that, that I coach that are really good athletes, and they win all the time. 
So I'm pushing them into more difficult divisions because I want them to face somebody that will beat them. Because by doing that, they see what they can work on and be stronger for it. Strength does not come from winning. Your struggles develop your strength. Helen Keller, who obviously had a lot of struggles in life, said this. Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. Those hardships in life can make us better people if we embrace the trial properly. And we saw this these last few years, and we've talked about this a lot these last couple years because I think this is really relevant to our society right now. Think about the trials that came about with COVID, whether as individuals, as a church. Some people didn't embrace the trial. They're still waiting for the trial to be over. I still hear people say, well, when things get back to normal, we're beyond that, okay? I mean, church isn't going back to anything. We're moving forward. We got great things going on. I mean, I don't know what people are waiting for. But how do we respond to trials as an individual or as a church to COVID? We did good, but I've seen some churches that didn't. I've seen some churches that split, that divided, that, that are still waiting for something. We did it. We're doing good. We're better now as a church in the year 2022 than we were at the beginning of 2020. We have new people coming in, new programs happening, new people following Jesus Christ. Prayers are being lifted up. People are being strengthened. We're doing good. The trial, I think, made us stronger. I've bragged to other preacher friends and said, you know what? This last COVID years have been great for West Visalia. Our elders have shepherded like ever, never before. I say we're making decisions, difficult decisions. That's good. And we're doing new things and reaching new people. We've had people come back to go, wow, I don't recognize half the church anymore. That's good. There should always be new people coming in. But others, on the other hand, didn't respond as good to that trial. Others are waiting for peace, for security, for ease, for, for time to just be easy. Once again, it's not going to be. And you know what? It was never easy to begin with because yes some trials are more difficult than others no we can't prevent all trials but we can only control how we respond to them with all that in mind if you haven't already done so open up your bible to the book of james and i want to look at a few verses from james chapter one and talk about this idea of how do we embrace trials properly because there's bad ways to respond to a trial and there's good ways to respond to a trial you got an angry protester outside your church building banging on the window and yelling profanities how do you respond do we respond in an evil way violent way responding with you know foul language back or do we respond in kindness prayerfulness you know oh well, how do we handle it we have to think about these situations and the bible gives us guidelines on how to handle any trial whether it be you lost your job your marriage has fallen apart, your kids have left the faith, you're sick, you're ill, you're broke, whatever it is, there's a war in your country, persecution is happening, whatever it is. The Bible gives us guidelines on how to handle those type of trials. James chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved or has been tried. He will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. I love these paradoxes in Christianity too. Blessed in trial? Blessed are you when you persevere under trial. Because you go through those trials. You go through that suffering. You go through that hard time. And you will be blessed for it. 
So with that, then we have to ask the question, what if we changed our mentality? Instead of always praying for no trials, what if we prayed that we would handle the trials properly? I, and maybe we need to do this more in a congregation. I mean, well, for the longest time it was, we pray that, that this pandemic situation will end and things go back to normal. What if we prayed that we embrace this moment and handle it in a way that's godly, loving, and kind? I mean, there's a whole different mentality that we need to have in these situations. Because James teaches us that if we endure trials, we will be rewarded for it. Notice what he says. He says, they will receive the crown of life. And by the way, he's writing to Christians that are going through a whole lot worse things than we're going through. He's writing to Christians that are going to have to deal with persecution, being killed for their faith. He's writing to Christians that are going to have persecution not just come from other citizens, but from the government itself, right? And he says, if you persevere under it, you will receive that crown of life. Later on, he's going to talk about poor people being mistreated and all that. If they persevere under that, through that, they will receive the crown of life. So my encouragement that I tell myself and that I'm telling all of us this morning then is this. Let's stop waiting for trials to end. I think we always do that. We're waiting for that ideal moment to then do what we need to do. Oh, when things calm down, then I'll volunteer at church. I'd like to teach one day, maybe once I retire from my job. You know, we always have these ideas. Quit waiting for the trials to end because they never, ever will. Find me a verse in scripture that says that you're going to have peace, prosperity, calm, and ease in life at any time. Not going to find it. That's what heaven's for, okay? Right now, we got work to do. There is no promise in Scripture that trials are going to end. So instead of waiting for them to, embrace them. Be made stronger for it. Embrace the trials and be made stronger. So then how do we do it? What does the book of James teach? How can we properly endure and embrace these trials? I want to give you two reasons this morning, two ways. And then the lesson will be yours. And these are both from James chapter 1. So life is hard, you're dealing with a trial, what should be the first thing you do? Number one, seek to acquire wisdom. Because trials are hard. When you're going through a rough time in life, when there's a conflict, when there's a relationship struggle, when there's poverty, whatever it is, it's going to be a challenge. There's not always an easy answer on how to handle a situation, but wisdom is something that isn't acquired accidentally during trials. You don't just accidentally become wise. It's intentional. We must use the trials that we are faced with in order to gain wisdom. Look at James chapter 1 verse 5. It says, but if any of you, and this is in the midst of talking about trials, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Number one thing we should do when life is hard, ask God to give us wisdom. Drop to our knees, cry out in prayer, however you're going to do it, ask him, God, please give me wisdom. I don't know what to do. First off, just praying to God that you don't know what to do is a great humbling experience and it changes your heart. But saying, God, I don't know how to handle this situation. I don't know what the best thing to do here is. I don't know what is right and what is wrong because sometimes it's not cut and dry, right? God, what should I do? Please give me wisdom. According to this verse, he says he will give generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. The problem is, is we think we can figure it all out on our own. 
We got a better way. I don't need guidance. I don't need help. I don't need anybody. But in the midst of trials and any hardship, no matter what you're going through, ask God for wisdom. I'm not saying that there's always an easy answer in things because some situations, there's pluses and minuses to every decision. But ask God to guide you in them. Ask for wisdom. That's the first way we embrace and endure trials. Number two, in the midst of trials and hardship, we need to also seek to receive the word of God. Seek wisdom and seek knowledge. Let's keep reading here in James chapter 1. Look at verse 21. It says, and this is still talking about trials, going through those hard times. He says, therefore, putting aside all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. That means when you're going through a hard time, open up your Bible. That means read it. That means study it. That means go to Bible class. That means listen to sermons. That means put it into headphones and listen to podcasts. Find the word of God and, and learn it. Because if you receive that into your heart, it'll save your soul first off, and it'll help you direct your path, and that coupled with the wisdom that God gives, you, we might be able to handle and endure whatever life throws at us. But when we ignore the guidebook, and when we ignore our creator, then we end up falling into all sorts of sins in the midst of trials. So number one, seek wisdom. Number two, seek the word of God. If we do those two things when life is hard, we'll be able to embrace those trials and not have to always try to avoid them because we can't. If we're always trying to avoid the trials, we're going to fall because when they hit us, they're going to hit us hard and we will not be prepared. But what if we used the trials in life to acquire wisdom? What if we said, all right, God, I'm going through this hard situation. I need your help. Please give me wisdom. And I'm going to pour over the pages of God's word and read about others that went through similar trials as I'm going through. And I'm going to try to make application of it in my life. And I'm going to be better for it. So even if that trial was a really hard part of my life and I didn't want it, none of us do. And even though we cried, we wept, and we prayed for it to go away, we also embraced it and used it as an opportunity to be made stronger. My encouragement for us today is this. Don't just wait for the trials to end because you'll always be waiting. We'll always be waiting. If we're always looking for it to get better, it won't. There is no better besides Jesus and following him. And if we change our mentality, those trials, some of them won't be as big of a deal anymore. Some of them really won't bother us so much. I mean, you read in scripture, you got people in jail and they're praising God for it and worshiping him in prison. They had a whole different outlook. Paul talks about being shipwrecked and beaten. That's a trial. I've never been beaten for my faith, by the way, okay? I'm not even on close on that level. And yet he says he's counting it worthy and he's thanking God and, and he's got a good attitude about all things. I'd be like, wow, Paul. See, instead of just waiting for the trials to end, Let's embrace them, because if not, we'll always be waiting. The lesson is yours this morning. I know that wasn't a traditional Mother's Day lesson. And yes, Curtis, when you asked me what I was going to be preaching on, I did say that I was going to be preaching on mothers, and I didn't end up doing that because I went a different direction. But um, mothers go through trials, too. So just endure them and trust that they're never going to end. Right? You have kids. That's a pretty big trial. You need wisdom. You need God's word to get through those, those situations. But if you're here today, and maybe you need... I, you do need the help. We all need the help of each other. 
But if there's a way that we can help you, pray for you, get you in a Bible study, baptize you into Jesus Christ today, we can do that. Talk to one of us afterwards, and we'll be glad to do it. But right now, there was a song selected, so why don't we all stand and we sing it together. Thanks again for listening to West Visalia Audio. We hope these messages have helped you grow and inspired you to take action. Be sure to check in each week for more on-the-go content or visit our YouTube channel to watch the live video. Thanks for participating and God bless. Thank you.